Drop kick me Jesus through the goalposts of life. End over and neither left nor the right. Straight through the heart of them righteous uprights. Drop kick me Jesus through the goalposts of life. Hello, welcome to the Well Preach for Food podcast. I'm Doug. I'm a pastor at Faith Lutheran Church in Shelton, Washington, a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can learn more about faith at our website. That's www.faithshelton.org. This podcast is based on a sermon from Sunday, April 30th. We're continuing a series through Paul's letter to the Romans, but I've had football on my brain this whole weekend following the NFL draft with my son, tracking who the Seahawks will pick to be the newest members of the team. Turns out that the NFL draft might be a helpful analogy for understanding God's word for us today. After all, in John chapter 10, we're talking about how Jesus calls each one of us by name. And then in Romans 13, uh, Paul, in talking about subjecting ourselves to authorities, uh, it's a reminder that sometimes we play offense, sometimes we're on defense, sometimes we play special teams. In the same way, God orders our world um, as the state and the family and the church. And we're talking about putting on the jersey, showing up for practice, and representing the team. So we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 13, but we'll begin with the 10th chapter of the Gospel of John, beginning with the first verse. Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the, sheep, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Now, Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, he said again, Very truly, I tell you, I'm the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Here ends the reading. Dear sisters and brothers in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. John chapter 10, Jesus is like a shepherd, the good shepherd. The sheep recognize and listen to his voice. When he calls their name, they follow. They come to him. You know, just like the NFL draft. The guy gets up on stage in front of hundreds of thousands of fans. Uh, he shout, announces one by one the names of the college players who have been selected by an NFL team. With the fifth pick of the 2023 NFL draft, he says, the Seattle Seahawks select Devin Witherspoon. The player has been called by name. He grins. He high fives with his family and friends. The crowd goes wild. His name has been called. The player walks up onto the stage and receives the jersey of his new team. Devin Witherspoon is a Seahawk now. 
Well, that's the way it is with the gospel reading today. Jesus is the good shepherd. He calls us by name. Today, I get to play the part of Roger Goodell. He's not the one selecting. He's the one calling the name on behalf of the one selecting. So today, as the preacher, on behalf of the good shepherd, I get to call you by name. You, listener, have been chosen, named, called to be part of the flock, to join the team. You belong because Jesus says so. God's reasons for choosing you are God's, not yours or mine. And unlike the NFL, God isn't looking for just the biggest, fastest, and strongest. God is assembling his flock, well, for a different purpose. Years ago, Brenda and I decided to visit a nearby African-American Baptist church one Sunday morning. I think we were living in the Twin Cities at the time. It was known for its gospel choir. Sure enough, uh, we got there and the music is playing and the choir gets up to do a rousing rendition of Amazing Grace. And it's time for the big solo and all the attention goes to the lone non-African-American woman in the choir who also, it turns out, was tone deaf. Frankly, she was awful. (laughs) But we watched and we listened And we saw how the choir surrounded her and encouraged her and cheered her on and embraced her uh, all the way through the song and at the end. Everyone in the choir that day was called by name. They were there because they were supposed to be, including that tone-deaf woman. Because the point of that choir ministry we learned then and to this day was not simply about singing the best. It was about love, belonging, acceptance, That choir, that congregation's act of love toward that woman taught us more about the character of that congregation and even more the character of God than the best solo could ever have done. Not only do all God's critters have a place in the choir, God's choir, God's team is bigger and more diverse than we can usually imagine. You know, a football team has three phases, right? There's offense, there's defense, there's special teams. Well, the Bible talks about three phases of human society. The church is one phase, or ordinance. The family is another ordinance. And the state, the civil authority, is a third. Listen to Romans chapter 13, and as, as Paul talks about this third ordinance of God's team. Paul writes this, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authorities are rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. See, the first thing to understand, we're on the same team. The opponent is sin and the devil, not one another. The state is not the enemy of the church or vice versa. Human society needs some kind of governance. Government needs to be held accountable. Families need a healthy state and healthy church. Churches serve families. Churches need families to thrive. Neither the church nor the state can raise your kids. No, that's the job of the family. See, we get in trouble when any one facet of life, if any of these ordinances gets ignored or tries to dominate the others 
or withdraws from working with the rest of the team. We need all three. They are distinct but interrelated. Each one of us is called and equipped by the Spirit to do our part to help the team. Sometimes we play offense, sometimes defense, sometimes special teams. Sometimes we do God's work in City Hall. Sometimes in the sanctuary. Sometimes in the backyard or kitchen. See, you and I, we're called by name. We're members of the team. We have a purpose. Sometimes it's offense, sometimes defense, sometimes special teams. Now, the rest of Romans chapter 13 is about putting on the jersey, showing up for practice, representing the team. Let's continue in about verse 8. Romans 13, 8. Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And whatever other command there may be, they're all summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law, Paul says. And he continues in verse 11. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. See, when a player is drafted into the NFL, it's a great day, but it's not the end of his journey. It's the beginning of a new challenge. The book of Romans insists that when Jesus calls you by name, it's the beginning, not the end. He says, night is nearly over, the day is almost here. That is to say, this is the beginning of the day, not the end. It's time to get up, time to put on the uniform, to clothe yourself with Christ, to put on the armor of light, and, well, report to training camp. Now that you're part of the team, you need to learn and abide by team rules. You're going to learn how to eat right and sleep right, stretch, train, and recover. It's time to put behind you old childish habits. You need to take care of yourself. Uh, The team needs you to be at your best. You need to start putting the team first. The team needs you in top shape. So all those late night parties, well, they're a thing of the past because your team is counting on you. And not only is your team counting on you, people are watching you. You're in the spotlight. Behave decently as in the daytime, the Bible says. You're in the spotlight 24-7. Your words and actions are now a reflection of the team, of the ownership, of the coach, of the city. That's why Jesus says elsewhere, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works. Why? To glorify your Father in heaven. So in conclusion, all God's critters have a place in the choir. Each of us have different gifts. We are many members, but a single body. We are defense, offense, and special teams, but all the same team. And that's my first takeaway for you today. Folks, we're on the same team. God intends for government, for families, and for churches to work together. That includes accountability, of course. But I think there's an unhealthy tendency to put pit one another against each other these days or to argue that one part is more important than another. But in fact, we need each other. 
We were all better off when each part is healthy and supported by the other parts. Complementary football is what they call it, when the offense, the defense, and the special teams are all doing their jobs. Let's have a complementary human society. The second takeaway is for you to envision Sunday mornings as a sort of weekly training camp. This is practice, folks. On Sunday mornings, we put on the jersey, we study the playbook together. We do the drills that tone our bodies and and our hearts and our minds, that equip us for the work of the rest of the week, whether it's city hall or the pool hall or the swimming pool. We cheer each other on here. We lift each other up. We rehab our sore muscles and our broken hearts. Third takeaway, God has called you by name. You are a sheep in God's flock, a critter in God's choir, a player drafted onto God's own team. God made you for this. God is calling your name. God has been calling your name over and over again. God called you by name before the beginning. God called you again when you were baptized. God calls your name today in this message. Again, that's my place in the choir today. I'm the preacher. I get to be the one at the podium calling your name on behalf of God, telling you that you have been chosen. You belong to the team. And one day, God will call your name one last time. About a week ago, I went to visit a dying member of this congregation. She'd been on the team for a long time, 93 years. By the time I arrived in her room, she had just died. Her eyes were still bright, but no more breath in her. I told the nurses that they probably needed to confirm her passing. Then I went back into the room And I got to preach. I got to be her pastor one more time. I placed my hand on her forehead. They say, Clarine, child of God, you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. You belong to Christ, Clarine. You always have, and you always will. And I can imagine the scene as this precious child of God hears her name called that one last glorious time. She steps onto the stage, surrounded by the cheers and high fives of the heavenly hosts of the saints in light. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks for listening today, folks. I hope this podcast series is helping you understand the book of Romans and fall more deeply in love with the God who created you, who loves you, has a purpose for your life. Uh, Go to our website, uh, www.faithshelton.org, to learn more about faith. And, of course, please like us, subscribe, donate, sign up for our newsletter. You can listen to this podcast on most podcast platforms, including Apple and Google, Spotify, I'm grateful to Chaz for his production work on this podcast every week. Let me leave you all with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. And I say this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm -hmm.